you've got these ideas of what are our target accounts. And maybe you've spent the time to do a persona with marketing. I think that's a first step, right? Who should we be targeting and what is the right type of buyer for this use case and the product that we're selling? If companies are not doing that, that's kind of the first step because otherwise you're just saying, I think XYZ company is gonna be a good target for ours. Welcome to Hidden in Plain Sight, the enterprise revenue intelligence podcast for revenue leaders in yes, sales, marketing, and customer success. Because we all share the same goal, revenue growth. Always more, always faster. We learn how to drive revenue as we examine real-life insights from multiple angles with human flavor since people buy from people. I am your host, Mariana Kogan, CMO and winner of the Forrester Marketing Program of the Year, and I will be joined by Art Harding, Season Revenue Leader. Thank you. Welcome to this week's episode of Hidden in Plain Sight. My name is Art Harding, and I am here with Andrew Johnston from Scale AI, where he leads a sales team there for them. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you, Art. Really appreciate it. So today, Andrew, we're going to unpack a statistic that People AI is in the business of instrumenting sales teams and go-to-market teams for insights that help with breakthrough performance. After doing almost a trillion AI matches over the years, we're starting to see some very interesting data patterns in terms of what makes for successful selling, how selling has evolved over the last few years. And today, we're going to talk about one that is probably not a surprise to those of us in enterprise selling, which is we've seen that on average, between 60 to 70% of accounts inside of territories don't have healthy engagement. So... That's our statistic today that we're going to talk about. But before we jump into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and Scale AI? Yeah, happy to. An interesting stat. I think that is something that we see. So, I'm Andrew Johnston, uh, currently director of sales over at, at Scale AI, leading our PLG mid market motion, which is, is kind of new to the business, historically a tops down business at scale, which I, I can get into and, and probably we'll talk about. Previous to that, I spent four years between a company called SendGrid and then Twilio. Went through an IPO and then an acquisition by Twilio, led sales team about 25 globally for the SendGrid organization. For those who don't know, SendGrid was an email business. So think of all the emails you get from Uber. We sent those types of transactional communication marketing messages with, was sent by SendGrid. And then, yeah, Scale is a democratized AI platform. So we're doing things like data labeling, ML uh, lifecycle management. And then prior to that, um, got my career start in the entertainment industry before making the switch over to the dark side and startups and tech. So that's a brief background about me. Great. So it sounds like we have you to thank for my texting now becoming more like my inbox. I'm uh, engaging everywhere with different services and platforms. I feel like I need new utilities for my texting. It's blowing up like my inbox used to. I can no longer claim fault for that. But the email side, I will, because that is a, I guess, battle scars what I lived in. But uh, Twilio has taken those reins over for sure. Awesome. So it's interesting, especially given your background in modernized tactics, whether it be PLG or digital engagement. So let's talk first about how do you think, or what do you think of when you think of healthy account engagement? Does it just mean I'm dutifully emailing my prospects every day, spamming all the buying centers, or is account engagement a little bit more than just email campaigns? Definitely more than email campaigns. I really think about it from the different segments that you might have a sales team in. So in enterprise, often I would see good account engagement being engagement at the tops down. So you've got AEs who are not only emailing and talking to kind of mid-level prospects, right? They're building use cases, but they're building that groundswell and then also getting engaged with VPs. So that could look like not only emailing, obviously LinkedIn, using all communication sources to get in, 
at Twilio, it was really helpful where we could have a use case where someone could come in, developers could test the platform, and then we would go reach out to those VPs and almost do like an on-site commercial for them. So it's one of those things where I think in the enterprise world, you've got to be hitting every channel that you can. And then also using community to go out. So we had this kind of lingo that we called face in the place. So we would always ask prospects, at least pre-COVID, can we come on site? Can we show off a demo? Can we bring our engineering teams being a technical product? And can we show you over a two to three day period what Twilio is capable of? We're adopting some of those same things at scale. How do we get in front of customers now that the pandemic is mostly over? How do we create really strategic demos? And so I think good account engagement is not only just emailing prospects and getting them in the door, but it's also creating a lot of trust between what your company is doing and how you can help that other company. Yeah, it's interesting. You touched on a number of dimensions there around what account engagement might mean. And first and foremost are use cases, right? And use cases, your ability to identify meaningful use cases is not going to come from an outbound motion where you're informing them about you. It's going to require that discovery and research of that account. And we're starting to see, depending upon the products that you sell or services that you sell or industry you're in, this top-down approach as well as the bottoms up, like what is the most efficient route for engaging accounts? Do you build this coalition of the willing as you go up or do you start up and then get that support to build it down? And there are differences in sales cycle lengths. I also heard you mention engaging with the right titles, which is understanding what your buying groups may be, especially for large enterprise transactions. It's very rare that one person or one department is going to be able to sponsor um, large deals and you're often going to need input and support from different buying centers. So it sounds like healthy engagement involves discovery around use cases that are high impact for your customers, which is going to require a lot of research in their partners, their business and how they work and their competitors going top down as well as bottoms up to touch all the different buying centers and ensuring that the right people are engaged in that selling cycle. So in your perspective, I mean, a lot of times it feels like we're just articulating common sense. Like, hey, you got to get to the people who buy your product. You got to get all the supporting cast. Sure. Yet if you've yeah. led a sales team long enough, you know it's for some reason, not all of our AEs are getting into the accounts or into the buying centers that they need to. And that often pops up later in deal risk. Why do you think it's such a challenge for people to engage accounts in their territory in a healthy way? Yeah, it's a great question. It's actually something that we look at a lot in my current role and I have in previous roles. I think I'll talk a little bit about different segments again, but I think when I think about where a lot of reps struggle or where we struggle as a company is you've got these ideas of what are our target accounts. And maybe you've spent the time to do a persona with marketing. I think that's a first step, right? Who should we be targeting and what is the right type of buyer for this use case and the product that we're selling? If companies are not doing that, that's kind of the first step. Because otherwise, you're just saying, I think XYZ company is going to be a good target for ours. And why that is, you don't know. And if you don't hit on the right message that resonates with that buyer or that company, they're never going to respond no matter how many channels you hit them in. So I think that's kind of step one. The second thing that I see as a problem is just, again, kind of tops down. If you look at an enterprise seller, let's say they get engaged in a couple accounts. That becomes a pretty meaty sales cycle. And at scale, we have relatively large a large deal size and also long deal cycles. So there's only so much of those that you can manage to really create that kind of build of, I'm going to go sell a million dollar deal. Or maybe it's a couple hundred thousand, but either way, it takes a lot to navigate an org like that. So as a rep, you get quickly tapped. And then once that happens, let's say you've got 20, 50, or 100 accounts in your patch, if you're lucky as an enterprise seller, you you can't really prospect the ones that are kind of sitting at the bottom. So 
you might say, I know the top five that I should go after. It's my remit to go attack these. This is what the CEO wants. This is what my VP of sales is telling me to go do. But there's really good accounts that you may go get what I might call like a seed or an early land win that could be a good chunk of your quota. It just might not be that million dollar deal, but those are just left sitting idle and maybe for a competitor to attack. That's kind of the biggest problem I see a lot of enterprise motions. I think as you move downstream and equally in enterprise is just the data, right? So data on who you're targeting going into an account, data on how they're using the platform today, who might be the right buyer. And especially as you go into kind of a bottoms up motion, like you mentioned, you got to have data on who might be, you've got like a self-serve, who's using your platform, who can I engage? I think that is a, a huge area. So I think we struggle and I've seen companies struggle where if you're selling a unique product like AI in the space that we're in, it's kind of new. Everyone knows what a sale, maybe what a certain old marketing tool might look like, but AI is different. And so you're trying to figure out who's the right buyer, what's the messaging that's going to resonate. And having the data to go in with that is really important. And I think a lot of companies just don't have it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think where you started and ended first, that you need to have a thesis or an idea about what you think an ideal customer profile or account might look like, as well as what your buying centers might look like, so that you have these target accounts and target personas. I think one of the dangers or one of the challenges in developing, if you're whether you're in marketing or in sales, is these ideas and theses tend to make their way around the campfire and become urban legend about what's a good account, who gets it done. And it's great that we all have instincts. It's great that we can all tell stories about the last deal we just closed. But we do think in 2022 and beyond, we can get the data now to tell you, yes, in fact, when someone says this is a bad account, you can validate the account has been engaged, that the right buying centers in that account engaged. And before we just say it's a bad account, what can we learn from that? What was captured in the account plan? And what sort of feedback can we give to the teams that are building the theses so that we have facts, right? Like, hey, actually, this one instance is just a poorly run sales campaign. It's not a bad account. Or... Our messaging was off, but these other account teams tweaked the messaging and unlocked a similar account profile and similar buyer personas. So I think this idea that why people don't engage in certain accounts is this rush to bias where you get your territory and everyone, quote, knows what a good account is, then you're really not going to get that last mile of revenue or pipeline. And then you're the second point you touched on, which is something we've seen that people had in the data, which is the number one reason why AEs don't engage the additional accounts in their territory which is also highly correlated with out-quarter pipeline, is working an opportunity. So yeah. you sweat, you know, you're working so hard prospecting. You know, it's like being on that fishing boat, you finally get a nibble, and the last thing you want to do is let that go. Sometimes we call that uh, what, rubbing your tummy and patting your head. We've got to do both. So <laughs> live here on video. So can you work a current quarter opportunity and build pipeline, right? Is really the key to, to working that whole territory. And then last, back to your point, as two AI companies. The data is here today. We don't need to be guessing as much as we did. We really feel like the level of visibility we can get into how our biggest investment, which are the teams and technologies in our go-to-market orgs, are engaging with our customers and the different buying centers throughout the cycle. It's don't work off stories, work off data, and make sure that you can pat your head and rub your tummy. So you're going to be able to close opportunities and build pipeline at the same time. Definitely. So in terms of best practices, what we wrap up with and maybe how you can see some of this changing in the future as a sales leader. Like, what do you consider our best practices today? And as we start looking forward to the future, how should sellers be thinking about their territory and what sorts of tactics should they be using to make sure they're doing good, healthy account engagement? Yeah. 
I'm going to start with maybe more of a, an angle on kind of the org and then go down to the AE if that's okay. I think one thing that I've noticed has worked well in companies that are, are doing it right, whether it's people I've talked to or we've done this, is implying a motion strategy versus a true just, this is enterprise, that's mid-market, that's commercial. And the reason being is you can start to organize AEs and teams around motion. So you might say, I want to go land a bunch of logos, whether it's enterprise, mid-market, or commercial. And those early sales cycles have a similar motion because it's a similar deal size, maybe the similar problems. And so you put AEs that can go do a velocity sale. In fact, at scale, we created a team called the Accelerator. And that covers a wide gamut of types of accounts. It's not just like these smaller accounts. But the reason being is we're going to go run an accelerated cycle or try to move them quickly in pipe, get a landed deal, and then have different teams maybe work to expand it over time. I think the same can be true with bigger accounts, right? You might say, okay, I'm going to give a strat rep three or four accounts, and we're going to try to get really targeted a ton of details on what type of accounts you can go after and try to get the information you're talking about so that they are going in fully armed. So I think orienting around motion has created, in certain companies, it kind of is breaking the cycle of, you're just an enterprise rep, you're just a mid-market rep. And I think that also helps people dynamically focus on what they can do versus the types of accounts they can prospect. That's kind of the first thing. I think more companies should organize around that. A quick comment on that. What's fascinating about, I think it's a really insightful observation to talk about Historically, we've just basically aggregated our AEs either by the size of the account or the vertical that they were going at. And you're seeing companies large and small, some of the largest technology companies on the planet are segmenting the motions involved in a selling process, even as far down as procurement in some places is is coming out of the sales cycle. And while it can also give you that purpose-driven focus and velocity, I also think it starts to unlock some of the opportunities for use with technology, right? If you have one person who does everything, it's really hard to orchestrate the automation or scale of that task. The more we can break down the buyer and customer journey for that velocity intent, or you start combining companies with consumption models and different ways of monetizing, like how could an an AE be responsible for everything from prospecting and PGing to driving consumption of a technical sale? So I think we're going to continue to see more of this segmentation of teams and skill sets by motion across certain business types. It's really interesting. So you had, a, you had yeah, a second part about best practices. Yeah, and I was just going to add to that. I think it also helps when you think about AE success, right? And I'm sure you see a lot of churn in AEs, especially at the enterprise level, right? It can be a little bit of boom or bust. And it might be to your point around, am I targeting the right accounts? And if they don't have the right data or they don't target the right accounts, they're not going to sell those deals. They're not going to hit the road T. And they might be gone, even if it's the right company, the right fit. I think if you segment around motion, I've seen AEs have a higher attainment because they're focused and also... They know what their mission is. And then you can design comp plans around that motion versus you know, just a broad-based one-size-fits-all motion that we've typically seen in the past or comp plan that we've seen in the past. So that is super important. I'm super passionate about moving to that direction. The second thing was just you know, around the data piece. I think best practice, again, whether you're bottoms up, tops down, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but I think using the right tool for that motion, again, you just hit on it and you kind of stole the words out of my mouth, which is great around like, what are you using in that motion that's going to help you? So if you're in the PLG world, which is kind of where my, my head lives, you're using tools to help you identify product usage, whether they're paying or not. And if you're an enterprise, it's using tools, maybe like a people AI, or there's other companies out there that can help you identify what is the right signals for your account to go sell into. So maybe it's, are they hiring a certain number ML engineers, right? That might be a scale one. Do they have headcount for that open? That might be a clear signal that I should go prospect that account. So you're arming those AEs and you're looking at 
you can spend more time on the tooling that's going to give you the directionals to be more productive whenever you go outbound and however you choose to go outbound, whether it's, again, via cold email, which we know is not as effective, LinkedIn, or some community event. I think you're really going to understand at each segment or each motion, what's the right way to prospect. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the motion models, as well as even large complex, you mentioned strategic accounts, if you're managing less than five accounts. In the past, we had to have a lot of faith that both the seller had to have a lot of faith, management had a lot of faith, and there was a lot of analog QBR account planning retrospectives in terms of what we've been doing and what we should do. What we see now is you can pull out leading indicator signals on behavior activities, personas, so that one, the AE who's focused or dedicated on specific motion knows what good looks like because you have the data that tells them they're on the right path. Two, as a leadership team, you can now validate that we're all moving on the right path. I also think as we talk about different ways to penetrate markets and using technology, there's also some norms that need to be revisited. For example, we often encourage our customers to remind teams that no one owns an account. Accounts are rented. And the rent payment is pipeline validated with activity that converts to revenue. So if there's no pipeline and no activity, then you're not living in it. It's not your account. So how do we redeploy those accounts? And then the last thing is you were talking about the dedicated motions. I think it'll be interesting to see how the business models that each person brings to market affects which motions they need to actually drive which segment, right? And we'll continue to see that evolve. All of this makes leading, enabling, operationalizing this so much more challenging. Any closing words, Andrew, today in terms of account engagement, healthy account engagement in a territory? Yeah, no, I I think something you said hits home just a second ago on that first point of looking at the accounts and they're rented, not owned. Uh, One thing that, again, I've seen effective companies do and that we do at scale is we take a hard look at our enterprise accounts and we see where we can peel them off if an AE isn't engaged. And we try to say, this is a good account for someone to be talking to. Why isn't someone talking to this account? And then we'll use data to peel those off and give them to an AE, even if it's in a lower motion to go engage them, right? And it might be, they're going to rent that account to try to go get a land. And then maybe we'll, we'll shift back. But the idea is you get a net win for the company and maybe a net win for the AE and you're engaging that, that prospect. So I think it's, I guess in closing, for me, it's really about constantly doing a review, whether it's quarterly or even sometimes monthly, of what accounts in your patch are, are getting engaged or not as a company and spending time between product, go to marketing and marketing to look at how the engagement's happening, where we're seeing traction, where we might want to peel off use cases and go make sure that there's AEs talking to those accounts. And so I think that's the really important thing for me is if you just let it sit for a year or let it sit for a half, you're going to see a lot of left things dropped on the floor or just no engagement. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this is a great account. This is a use case that we didn't realize. And it's been sitting there. No one's been talking to them. Deal cycle is going to take several months. You're going to lose out on that in the year. But if you're looking at it constantly, you're going to reevaluate and move things around, especially if you've got that motion thing and people understand that we're doing this for the good of the company and the AE. And you're going to sometimes benefit Maybe you'll lose an account, but it's really going to help people focus. Totally. Yeah, it's, we think about account engagement, we talk so much about the AE, but I know for large, complex enterprise motions, they can often have the risk of customer fatigue with overlay teams and specialists. And if you're a core centralized rep, just even knowing who's touching your account used to be a Herculean effort that happened once a quarter. You mentioned that periodic review of account engagement. We have people, I believe it's a daily routine. Like, great, you should be looking right in the face how engaged you are with your accounts and your opportunities, as well as getting suggestions and prompts about what you might be missing. 
Well, Andrew, I want to thank you for your time today. It was a great conversation. Say hello to Colorado for me, near and dear. (laughs) Hope you stay warm this winter. And I guess at the end of the day, what's hidden in plain sight? What's hidden in plain sight is the addressable market, the pipeline and revenue opportunity that can often be sitting at the basement of your territory design. How do you know what are the right number of accounts? How do you know that those accounts are actually being engaged and how do you know that the engagement is healthy, that the right buying centers and the right personas? So I guess one person's trash is another person's treasure, and you need to make sure that those treasures are not hiding in the bottom of someone else's territory. Andrew, thank you very much. Thanks, sir. Hidden in Plain Sight, the Enterprise Revenue Intelligence Podcast is brought to you by PeopleEye. Make sure to search for Hidden in Plain Sight in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at People AI, thanks a lot for listening.